0: Make a Series podcast, I'm talking to the ethical fashion founder, Alice Cracknell from Origin Africa. I'm thrilled to be joined by Alice Cracknell today. How are you, Alice?
1: I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. And how are you feeling well after the weekend? Because I know you went to rather special um, awards ceremony.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did. I am feeling well. It was a really... A very inspirational event for women in business. And yeah, it was very, um, it was a joy to be a part of it.
0: Well, congratulations on being, you're a finalist, weren't you?
1: I won the silver award for best women in business.
0: That's amazing. Oh, I did see that, actually. It's a it's a really beautiful um, award, actually.
1: Yes, it was. It is pretty. I feel <laughs> like I have nowhere to put it in my house. Very, it was very, yeah, I was very humbled to be there and to be part of it, for sure.
0: Wow. Well, I'm really excited to get on with the questions because I just want to learn more and more about uh, your journey and also how you've become an ethical fashion founder So our first question is, why did you start a creative business?
1: Well, I mean, it's really cringe my answer to this. I (laughs) try and find alternative wording, but unfortunately, it is just what it is. So, I mean, really, the the why behind our business was to try and change the world, you know, to try and do something positive and proactive. And um, my background is absolutely not in fashion. Um, Anyone who knows me found it quite quite funny that I've ended up running a fashion brand I perhaps wouldn't be thought of as the most stylish of people um (laughs) but but the concept of the business more came from the idea of wanting to find a way to alleviate poverty or to create opportunities for people living in poverty um we were inspired by this time we'd spent in Africa myself and my co-founder and um we decided to set up a fashion brand inspired by African design Um, that would donate 100% of the profits back to social impact entrepreneurs living in Africa. So that's the whole concept of the business and really that's what's driven all our decisions from the supply chain and how we create the clothing, the designs um, and what they mean and what they embody um, and the purpose in terms of where the money is donated.
0: Amazing. So have you always been in North Devon or...? did you move here or
1: yeah I grew up in Devon I'm a Devon girl um mid Devon so the less good bit in my opinion but uh, <laughs> um, but uh yeah and then I sort of slowly I moved away I spent a lot of time living in various places abroad and um then came back and always always wanted to end up in Devon always wanted to come back here um and I felt very lucky to have started a business where I really could choose where we were based and and could choose somewhere where i felt inspired and creative and that for me was always going to be by the sea so north devon was an obvious choice
0: yes well thank you for moving here (laughs) (laughs) so did you did you travel to africa with the view to wanting to create change or did that kind of happen when you were there Um, yeah, so my background, actually, um, I have a law degree and
1: was interested in working in sort of international development and human rights. Um, I then ended up by uh, my career is is quite a funny story, really, because it's odd, but I actually ended up working in, in marketing and strategy. And, and that path led me to working with big global charities um, and doing marketing and fundraising for people like Well Vision, UNICEF, Oxfam, etc. So my path into working in Africa was actually much more of a traditional kind of charity or humanitarian aid one. Um, but much like with many founders, I think, often sometimes the, the spark to start a business comes from perhaps being a little bit disenchanted with the industry that you're working in. So for me, um, that was working on projects which were based in Africa with big charities where I felt like perhaps not all the money was getting where it needed to be, or perhaps it wasn't being used in a way that I felt was kind of as impactful as it could be, um, which led to the idea of kind of social business and helping to support social entrepreneurs in Africa as a method of creating their own opportunities and, and their own freedom from poverty, financial and otherwise. So, so yeah, it was a bit of a, a windy road or a, a sort of nod <laughs> road to, um, to the idea of the business. But yeah, it definitely might, the time spent in Africa wasn't necessarily going there with a view to set up a business, but um, over time that's, that's how it ended up.
0: That's amazing. And you run your fashion business from North Devon. Mm,
1: I do. Yeah.
0: So our second question coming on to that is what challenges have you faced whilst trying to grow your fashion business?
1: Oh, my goodness. This could be another <laughs> long answer. So I'm going to try and keep it um, nice and short. I think, again, it's one of those any founder would say there's, there's such a long list of challenges in, in setting up a business and, and certainly um, setting up a, a kind of creative business. You know independently um it takes quite a leap of faith and um there's lots of sort of hiccups along the way a lot of them are around sort of your confidence in what you're doing i think and and believing that it's the right thing and being willing to shout about it if perhaps you're not the sort of person that's normally great at that i think that was probably my first challenge um you know some people are brilliant sales people or brilliant orators and really happy to champion their cause and to um, shout about it wherever they go. And, and when we first started the business, I, I definitely was not very good at that. But I was sort of didn't didn't love that element of it, being like guess what guess what we do or look what we sell, and, <laughs> you know that sort of side of it. So that definitely took some time. But um, for us, you know, working um, in international development was like I say the purpose. But um, we knew when we wanted to set up a fashion brand that we obviously had to create a clothing line with an ethical supply chain, um, knowing where everything came from, from where the cotton was grown to where the fabric was made to where the actual factories were based. And that was probably our biggest challenge. So education around supply chain, understanding the pricing, you know, and trying to create a, products that people would love they'd love the designs and they'd love the ethos but there was also high quality within a price point that you know wasn't crazy expensive but also there's no way we can compete with with fast fashion three pound t-shirts so that whole journey of supply chain and pricing and educated consumers that's probably been Origins' toughest challenge from the beginning. Um, and I feel like only now are we actually <laughs> making progress on that. But yeah, it's happening slowly.
0: I'm interested in going through that kind of ethical journey. Is there a place to look for these things? Or was it all you had to do all your own research?
1: It's a little bit um from both camps, really. There are places you can go, um, there are wholesale suppliers you can talk to and recommendations from other brilliant people in the industry. I found sustainable fashion or ethical fashion a really collaborative industry. People are often very happy to tell you about their supply chain, particularly if they're proud of it and, and confident that it is you know, ticking all the boxes. I think the real challenge is that sustainability in inverted commas is a concept um, whilst it's become very a very sexy topic, a very on-trend topic um, of of late, um, there's a real lack of understanding at depth about what it means. So a lot of people would just think, oh, it's organic cotton rather than cotton, or it's you know making sure that it has some sort of fair trade or fair wear stamp on it, and that's it. But for us, the challenge was not just finding something that had a raw material that was sustainable, but also finding places where the factories were good conditions, the workers were being paid fairly, the um, the raw materials were being paid for fairly, um, you know there's so many little elements of it um, right down to our, our latest collection our um, made in Africa, Tanzania collection is made in a vertical factory so that basically means that everything happens in one place from the raw material, the cotton being picked, um, in the uh, areas in the farming that happens very close by to the fabric being created and the products being stitched all in one place which in fashion again not something that maybe people would know that's extremely rare so normally you'd get a lot of air miles from a product before it even gets stitched together so where the raw material was grown where it was spun where it was created into fabric where it was taken from fabric into jersey etc etc There, these things often happen across the world and so people don't really realize what it says on the label might not be indicative of the full story so yeah I think it's it's a journey um and it's one that we've been on for three and a half years and we're still I think a lot of truly ethical and sustainable brands will be honest about the fact that you still can't get it 100% right and you're still yeah. absolutely just trying to be transparent and honest about the process um, and educating people and, and taking on them, them on that journey along the way as well so that's what we're yes. focusing on at the
0: moment. I think as a consumer it's <laughs> it can be so difficult yeah. to work out what might have been, you know if you buy something at the cost of others and it's it just feels like even now when sustainability is becoming hopefully for more uh, mainstream it's still really difficult you- I look you know I get adverts all the time on all sorts of places and it's like are you are you what you say you are are you and then I have to like look through all the small print and I'm looking yeah. for wording they're using and then people can be very clever with wording and yeah do you have any tips I know it must be difficult but yeah. do you have any tips on what to look for in a brand
1: yeah there are lots of other fantastic brands um out there and I would say for, for me as you've just rightly um, demonstrated there's there's a lot of greenwashing out there there's a lot of use of specific words or specific phrases that indicate that something is eco-friendly when perhaps if you dig or scratch a little behind the surface you'll find it's perhaps not as much as they say it might be. I think there's a couple of, of really obvious ones. One is um, the small independent brands will inherently be greener and more sustainable than the big conglomerate Sure.
0: Ones. They yeah. can't
1: compete on pricing. And you know that is something obviously consumers have to take into consideration. And I understand the frustration of seeing a three pound Primark t-shirt or seeing a five pound t t-shirt and not really getting why the independents are charging 25 pounds for it. But I think it's it's a really obvious one that the big brands can just say organic cotton or part of our conscious collection. Sure. And they've ticked yeah. a box that they haven't really explained in depth. And they haven't really talked about things like workers' rights, workers' pay, workers' conditions. Um, and they've not talked about that intentionally. So I think the first is try and seek out independent smaller brands. They'll be producing at smaller quantities, which is more eco-friendly anyway. And they'll be being, you know, clear about where their stock is coming from. The second thing I think is to look for transparency on their website. So while, you know, nobody's perfect, I think it's important to, um, to recognise that. They, If you're seeking a, an ethical and sustainable supply chain, you'll find that brands are really happy to talk about it. So there will be a section on their website, like for us, for example, in the sustainability section, You can track where our t-shirts are made right back to the cotton. You can click through and see the factories. You can, it shows you that some of our products are made in one place, some are made in another place. And you can, you can see and understand and learn a bit more about that. We have blogs about it. You know, if you find brands that have got all that information on there, they're at least being transparent. If you go on and all you can see is organic or all you can see is, I don't know, a a specific stamp or certification that just ticks one box then i'd be asking just a few more questions that's all yeah Yeah. and you can always email them you know Mm -hmm. uh, we get messages dms on our instagram or emails all the time from people saying can I know a little bit more and if a brand's trying their best they will not mind at all having a chat with you about it or being honest about the details and the challenges of a supply chain they won't be bothered by that question and if they're not perhaps doing the right thing you might not get such a clear
0: answer. <laughs> I often think um, for me if I'm looking and it's too I think the first sign for me is the price like you mentioned mm. if you see like what looks like a quality item and it's only a fiver you know, or a tenner mm. or even 15 20 and it should you know it it's it's getting your eye in, isn't it to, for sure it, to see to see the signs definitely I'm thinking a little bit more I think you know
1: people perhaps switch off maybe a little bit with fashion but We're definitely getting better with food, um, for example, Mm -hmm. when we see something, we're thinking, "Mm, how much could that farmer possibly have made or how much, you know, how could that chicken possibly have been treated or, you know, and, and price is one of those indicators. Unfortunately, it is because it's much more expensive to do things well and to do things in a certain way than it is to to cut corners. So I think people are getting a little bit sharper on that with fashion. If you see a t-shirt for five pounds and you work backwards and think how much could the farmer have been paid for the cotton? How much could the worker have been paid in terms of turning it into fabric, in terms of turning it into a t-shirt, in terms of shipping it here? When you start to break all that down, something must have gone wrong in that supply chain. There must be some element that isn't quite fair in inverted commas. Mm-hmm. Um, because it just isn't possible to produce things for that cost.
0: <laughs> it's also and obviously, this is a whole consumer, everything, not just fashion, but it has become like, I've seen particular organisations promote the fast fashion, which is really interesting. They use that as a plus. Yes. And I think, wow, okay. And that's because people want things fast. But they don't, I think the issue with that is that they just think, oh, it's just in a way, oh, it's quick to me to get. But actually fast fashion isn't, it's like fast food. Mm. There isn't going to be the quality, but also it's like, who's uh, losing from Mm. this um, speed element? And it's like, I really see, a movement into slow fashion and slow food and yeah let's let's hope that continues
1: for sure yeah for sure. fingers crossed eh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> i want to talk a bit about more about your not-for-profit and how that works because some people listening to this might not understand what not-for-profit means yeah. um so how did you how did you you obviously knew you wanted to change the world and do best do good and that kind of thing, but how did you settle on not for profit? Um and yeah, how did you get to that point? I was
1: inspired by lots of different conversations, lots of um books that we'd read, lots of people in the industry who'd inspired us. So really um the seed of the idea came from Mohammed Yunus, who's a um he's Nobel Peace Prize winner. He's written many books, all of them I love and would recommend to anyone listening to this. But basically, he championed or pioneered the concept of social enterprise and social business and talking about how business can be used for good. So it doesn't have to be a charity set up in order yep. to have an impact on the world. And basically, the way that Origin works at its very simplest form is that we cover all of our overheads like a charity would so of course we we pay our staff and we have overheads like running the website or attending events or creating the stock whatever that might be and it's all the profits at the end of that once we've covered everything that's get that gets given away and really the reality is although people wouldn't like to admit it every business could run like that you know that's not a it's not a particularly award-winning concept in that in that way, because what we're saying is where a traditional business once all the profits are made they go to the top they go to the stakeholders they go to the board members they go to the millionaires to
0: um, the yachts to
1: the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> spaceships Plenty. exactly we've already got plenty and the frightening reality is so Primark um not that I like to pick on fast fashion brands but that's one that. Do it. <laughs> that's one
0: that I don't
1: mind taking down I'm probably yeah. gonna get in trouble for all these podcasts I do where I slag them off but
0: um, no no go you for know, it
1: in the um during the pandemic in 20 2020, when they weren't paying their garment workers they registered profits of 914 million huh. yeah, profits that's after Jeez. every shop cost has been covered that's after every worker has been paid in the shops in the uk not unfortunately in their factories in bangladesh um, you know, that's insane amounts of money. It's insane amounts of money. And that gets split between the people at the top of that tree. And what we're yeah. saying is the concept of social business, the concept of not profits and social enterprises are you can run a perfectly good business, you can make your own wage, you can you can hire people, you can support the economy in the UK, you can you can really make a positive contribution. And everything over and above that you don't need you can use for something else, you know, and you can send somewhere to do something positive. And that could be any cause, you know, for us, it's, it's social impact in Africa, but that could be anything. And um, as you can tell by the way I'm talking about it, this this concept really inspired me. And I was like, why, why doesn't everyone run business like this? Like, why don't we all just take what we need and then that's it, you know? Um, so yeah, that that was the idea. Um, and there were lots of brilliant people doing it. You know, social enterprise isn't a new concept, um, but it is, for us, It is we are the first people doing it in fashion. So we're the first 100% not-for-profit fashion brand that exists Amazing. in the UK. Um
0: in North Devon as well. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> and
1: North Devon. Fly, yes. fly for Devon. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, you know, it's uh, I love when people ask because it is a really obvious question and I do not mind it at all. People are often, you know, standing at um one of the pop ups we do or chatting to me on Instagram and they'll be like, Do you mind if I ask? Like, how could you be hundred percent not for profit? How does that work? Yeah and i always say one i don't mind at all because it's a really good question but two i think education around business and how how margins work and how you know how profit works and and where it goes and and how you know that all the concepts behind that if people knew more about that then every element would be easier so even as a consumer like we were saying a minute ago you know when you're buying something if you understand what margin has been put on that? So what that business is making and where that money is going, you everything would make a lot more sense. But people kind of yeah. don't really break it down and they don't really ask those questions. So I think it is important to challenge the businesses you're buying from and understand a little bit more. Because again, if they're if they're cool, they won't mind you asking and they'll they'll in fact really enjoy the conversation. So yeah, that's a little bit of background on how how Origin works.
0: Amazing, and I would also say um even though the term and and it and it is a good term i think um not for profit really we're all for profit so that we can help people more yeah right (laughs) that's how i see it we want to make profit it's not like because i have these questions as well that people ask me or if i'm on a course people are asking not for profit sounds like it's become the term to use but also um we're certainly not not-for-profit um yeah, right. we that's the term to use but yeah we are for profit everyone gets paid yeah correctly because i think also people are going how can you make a living if all your money is going somewhere else like, no, no no wait wait wait, wait.
1: yeah <laughs> i totally agree with you just i completely agree it's um I actually had a very similar conversation only a few weeks ago about changing that terminology on our website. I think you know we set up three and a half years ago, and the term not for profit was just easily, more easily understood. It's
0: more known. So I no, I was not having. I was not saying you have to change that. No, I was no. Just saying. I know
1: you won't. But but <laughs> but, actually, but actually, interestingly, I think we will. Partly Ah, for that reason, because I think social enterprise and social impact are becoming more readily used. Yes. People, you know, people are understanding that there are different forms of businesses that are essentially set up for social good. Three and a half years ago, there was very little understanding of that. Um, But but definitely, I agree, because it's, it's actually quite misleading, the term not in the sense that it sounds like we're not that bothered about making profit we're really bothered and um and we're really geared up to to do that and that's another great explanation of you know why t-shirts for the prices that there are we have to make money you know yes otherwise the whole concept doesn't work so and we are really unapologetic about that you know that that's the point of the business is to make money in order to support these various projects so we're not asking for a cap in hand in a in a charity sense we are essentially selling high quality products that people can buy and enjoy and know that the profits are going somewhere good
0: Exactly. It's a win-win because when you buy a t-shirt or uh, any piece from Origin Africa, you, you get a good feeling because you know that it's doing good. You're doing good. And then also by wearing it, it's brand awareness. And people go, oh, what's the t-shirt you're wearing? Or, and I get that. I'm like, oh, it's Origin Africa. And they're like, where is that? And I'm like, North nope, Devon. <laughs> so it's just a win-win. And I think fashion is an amazing place to have social um impact because it's a full circle you're giving you're giving work to people and also helping people and also getting people to promote you by wearing it's just it's a it's a wonderful model you've got and um yes it's fantastic and well done and um yes you're very 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 deserving of your award (laughs) so so do you work in with Origin Africa full-time? How do you make it work?
1: I do work with Origin um full-time now. So like I said, we set up about three and a half years ago. Um, the first year I was kind of part-time. I was still doing my consultancy work as a strategist, working with other charities and, and fundraising. Um, and I kind of, you know. Like a lot of people do with these sorts of things, they slowly, slowly dip their toe and think, oh, can I do this full time? Oh, scary. (laughs) Um, But um, we got, I don't know, I don't know if it was um, skill or luck, but we had a couple of um, celebrities wearing our clothes we had a couple of growth spurts on Instagram that really allowed us to say, okay, we've got a great brand following now. We've got, you know, a solid um basis to move forwards let's go for this if there's ever a time to go for it let's go for it now um and so yeah I, so I run it full-time um my husband works um part-time with me on it he's also um a doctor he works for the NHS he works um in basketball um in a so wow. he's doing that for yeah so he's
0: <laughs> <laughs> what a couple <laughs> he's a amazing <laughs> um
1: and he has done a lot of work um in in medical science in um in africa in various countries and we we were living in in mali when this kind of all came came about um so yes he he does help as well and then we also have a number of brilliant um freelancers and consultants that help us out at at various points and then we have our social hub directors which are based in three different um countries in africa um who they are basically the the soul and the center of the business because they help us find the social entrepreneurs that we support there so
0: yeah talk to me a bit about how you support so you're supporting social entrepreneurs yeah in africa talk a bit about about that
1: cool okay so um again like a big part of our background really is in this kind of more humanitarian development side and when we set up origin we were spending quite a lot of time thinking about what sort of thing we wanted to support and how you support projects whether it's other charities or individuals or communities and and how we could make sure that the money had the biggest possible impact um, that it could And, and really all the latest evidence on poverty alleviation does point towards supporting entrepreneurs um, mm-hmm. It's a great way to build economy within those communities and those countries. It's also a brilliant way to foster freedom and financial independence for, for people. Um, but we really loved this idea of support, supporting entrepreneurs who had business ideas that were sustainable, as in going to make the money, like we were just talking yeah. about, but yeah. also had some sort of social impact, whether that was health, sanitation, education. Um, female empowerment, all sorts of different things. So our projects are really, really broad. And we kind of love that. Like we don't do one thing. We don't do water. um, We don't do food packets or whatever. We support a huge range. um, So it would take me a long time to uh, go through them (laughs) all and I won't, but I will just briefly tell you about the latest one that we've supported, which we are incredibly excited about. So this is an entrepreneur called Andre Kone who lives in, in Bamako in Mali and he is a tech entrepreneur, so self-taught, um, grew up wow. in rural Mali but um, essentially taught himself to code on YouTube, which is insane.
0: amazing. Um,
1: and he has invented a software which essentially helps people to learn how to read and write um, in wow. that era, which is the the local dialect or the, the um, in, a, in that part of Mali and french is the other most commonly spoken language and he has basically created this software which can plug into what's sort of like a a small ipad or or you can use it on a computer or lots of different ways of of kind of making it work and it allows you to trace letters and it pronounces sounds and it, it, it slowly essentially helps people build the tools to be able to read and write in mali where the literacy rates are really really low so he's created this concept. He came to us, we met him through our social impact hub and he came to us and essentially said that, you know, I need this pot of money and this is what I want to do with it. And he's essentially used it to lock and license the software and is now going to be able to create this tool. It's, it's amazing. And he's, he's selling it for a small fee Um, that allows him to make money but it it basically is targeted at adults who um, weren't able to attend school and haven't been able to read and write and therefore struggle to get um, jobs and employment and opportunities and sort of financial freedom so he's a really inspiring individual somebody who is absolutely going to change the world um, and already has in many ways and we were able to to fund his project so it's things like that people who have super sustainable, incredible ideas, but just lack the opportunity and platform to be able to to get them off the ground. And Origin provides funding that is non-repayable, but also we don't, it's not aid in the sense of we don't provide ongoing funding for anything. So there's no reliance on us or money coming from us on a weekly or monthly basis. It's a one-off injection of cash to allow them capital expenses normally to, to get their business concept off the ground
0: amazing and how so if someone was listening to this and going oh my goodness this sounds like the perfect business for me and they're an artist or they're a fashion designer or they're a jewelry maker how i know obviously it sounds you've worked on this for a long time now obviously the person needs to get make sure that they are sourcing ethical um products in whatever way that might be but how 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 did you set up these social hubs
1: yeah well with great that's probably one of the hardest bits with great difficulty (laughs) and a lot of time you know i think i think um sort of entrepreneurial world or the business world one of the the flaws often is is thinking that things happen overnight you know you read all Mm -hmm. the books about all these founders who sort of went to sleep and woke up in the morning and (laughs) and just made it you know um and that's just not of for me that's not been our reality and um it's just been a lot of hard work over a number of years and yeah for us the the social hubs um, um who are run by our, our lovely teams um were born out of the time that we'd spent in those countries so long mm-hmm. before i say we set up origin three and a half years ago but long before that I had spent a lot of time in mali gambia ethiopia meeting people creating those relationships we have a lot of friendships and a lot of um, Work based relationships from spending time there. So that was a great basis for us because we had, you know, confidence and trust with the people that we were working with and they understood our motivations and what we were looking for. Um, because, on top of, you know, the other challenges with this business, you have obviously cult- cross cultural communication, communication mm-hmm. across language barriers um that can leave a lot (laughs) a lot of mistakes (laughs) a lot you know so those things only get worked out over time you know and we've we've spent a lot of time you know trying to make sure that those relationships are as strong as they can be and things like covid obviously created a lot of problems for us in terms of being able to communicate consistently you know with rural areas with no wi-fi or or countries that have our war-torn or have particular issues that mean that it's not easy to to kind of constantly communicate so yes challenges but I would <laughs> say it can be done and it should be done and yeah there are lots of ways of getting those connections and making those things work and if anyone was listening to it and and Africa was one of the areas that they wanted to work with or or had a passion for then absolutely get in touch because I'm sure that's one Amazing. one of the few things I can help with <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow i don't know about that <laughs> you've talked about a lot of things <laughs> that's amazing so coming on to our last question do you have a piece of advice that you'd share about creative business or social business or both together <laughs>
1: <laughs> um yeah this is a tricky one because i feel like I'm, i feel like i've been given a lot of really good advice over the years Um, So I don't think any of this sort of inherently necessarily came naturally to me, but I've been lucky to be inspired by a lot of um, inspiring people. Um, But I think one of the things I went to listen to a talk once um, in a female founders group in London, and this one woman was saying, which really resonated with me, about how when you're setting up your own business, you really need total and utter, completely bonkers, blind faith because (laughs) I don't have blind faith, and I think my husband kind of looked at me like sort of rolled his eyes and was like that's Alice like as in I'm (laughs) people who's like it's gonna work it's gonna work not because it's working but because I have to believe it's gonna work otherwise I would have given up a long time ago because there will be lots of challenges along the way And obviously it's not something particularly social business is not something you get into. If you want to be a millionaire, you can forget that, you know, that's not what it's about. So there there is therefore a lot of stress, financial and otherwise. Um, So I think blind faith and get comfortable with taking risks because, you know, that's just what it is all about. If you want it to work, you just have to be okay with saying, I'm going to put all my eggs in this frightening Single basket and just hope (laughs) that they don't all break at once. And, you know, we have had a lot of total disasters. And I feel like as we grow, we were at this amazing event the other week, and this lovely woman came up to me and was like, you know, she just set up her own fashion brand a few months previously. And she was like, in three years' time, like, this is what I'm going to be like, like the setup you've got here. And it's (laughs) really great and I really wanted to say to her that's lovely but don't like you know we still have times where we're like oh god we got that so wrong or oh no like financially how are we going to get through the next month or you know and I think it's really easy to look around you at other people other people's Instagram accounts which look amazing other people's (laughs) websites which are super like quick and shiny and brilliant and think oh they're doing so much better than me and you know why isn't my business doing well why isn't my concept taking off and it's just not true like it's a challenge you know it's always a challenge running a business but I think if you get comfy that that's just the path you've chosen (laughs) and it's a bit bumpy but the highs are really high so they're kind of worth worth the the difficult bits um then that's that's probably the best advice I wish somebody had said that to me earlier so uh, <laughs> during the lows I would have been like it's okay we're gonna come out the other side <laughs> uh, so yeah I don't know how good that advice is but that's probably that's great be, advice
0: uh, <laughs> that's really good advice and we were talking about this earlier the fact that well I perceive uh social and creative business to be very similar in the way that we're we're driven by passion, the love for something. And those two aspects, those driving forces, will really get you through the lows as well. Yeah. You know, when you're like, no, we've done this and we've got this and we love it still and it's our passion and also helping people are our passion. And Definitely. that's a very and this is why we're doing the maker series, is because that is a very different concept to what you've spoken of like, uh well and buy to sell in the way that you make millionaires uh, it's a very different concept and you become rich in a different way you were talking about earlier about the confidence thing and that is always tr- you know true of many many people but there's something about it when you're doing it you you know you're you're doing it for someone else it becomes bigger than you yeah, and that's an amazing way to get through that. Oh, you know, confidence issue. That's what I found anyway, because you're like, no, it needs to, it needs to be championed for others. That's how I feel. Yeah.
1: Yeah, totally. Oh, I completely agree. And I'm getting a little bit more as time goes on. I am getting a little bit more confident with telling people, you know, what we do and and promoting it. And th- this is a really nice example of that because actually we've lived here for two years now. And I haven't done a lot of origin stuff locally. Um, And I think Mm. partly it's just, (laughs) I mean, embarrassment, isn't it? (laughs) But you sort of don't want to be making friends locally and be like, oh, by the way, I run this business. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it sort of feels really cringe. But actually, this year, um, we are doing the Bronson Christmas Market. Yay! Um, And I'm really excited about it because, you know, I do think it is something, you know, the origin or ethical fashion or whatever you want to call it is... um, something that local people i think north devon is a very sustainable community actually and they're really interested in um that topic and they're really interested in creative brands and independent brands and so i think it will be a really lovely event for us and it'll be really nice to actually the first time we're kind of saying hey we're based here and we're proud of it and uh let's tell you a little bit about what we do so yeah i think getting that confidence you build it over time and when it is about purpose you're very right it starts to come a little bit more naturally.
0: I think there was something about when I found out that you're a North Devon I was like see See, this is how amazing North Devon is because it's like (laughs) yeah and also it's I I, yeah I'm very thankful that you are kind of um, showing yourself more locally because I think yeah, you've got the perfect market here, as you said. A lot of, uh, There's a lot of people with that kind of sustainability and that ethical kind of concept and idea and realism in the forefront of their minds. So, yeah, you're amongst good company. <laughs> and you know that already. But it's just, it was so, it was quite, um it took me back to realise it was such a big kind of well when when I first found you I was like wow and this is in North Den because even I kind of underestimate North Devon and I love North Denver. I was just like, see, 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 <laughs> like, <laughs> you can do this amazing thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you for doing it in North Devon. Thank you for moving here.
1: <laughs> You're so welcome. It's absolutely my pleasure to live here. <laughs> we feel very lucky. Lucky to live here and lucky to be part of this community for sure. I would choose it time and time again. Um, so, yeah, we're very, I'm very pleased. Definitely the, one of the best calls we've made for the business moving here
0: yay <laughs> fantastic thank you so much Alice thank you for your honesty and it yeah it's great talking to you about your work and um yeah I wear my t-shirt with great pride and I always get everyone always goes oh my goodness I love that t-shirt <laughs> oh great oh
1: that's what I like to hear that's awesome. definitely
0: yeah oh thank <laughs> you thanks
1: again <laughs>